Father, we thank You for the shed blood of Jesus that, that was shed for us on that cruel cross of Calvary so that we would have life, life eternal. Thank You, God. Father, thank You that we can come together and we can open our Bibles, Your Word, and that we can listen to Your voice. So we pray now, Holy Spirit, that You would speak to our hearts, that You'd open up our eyes and ears of understanding. And Lord, today, would You make a personal application of Your Word to our life? Which in Your precious name we pray these things, and together we all would say, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Thank You. Communion is always a special and a wonderful time here at the church. Praise God. Well, we're studying our way through the Word of God. We're in the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, and we made it up to chapter 11. So if you're with us today and don't have a Bible and would like to study along with us, we do have some Bibles at the front and the back of the church, and you're welcome to use one of those. And if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to keep one of those. All we ask is that you read it every day. Amen? Now, my wife is with the children today, so in conclusion, let us pray. Wait. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. But she did remind me like eight times that she was over there. You know, we're in a very unique portion of the Bible as we are seeing God is dealing with both the nation, the, the divided nation of Israel and Judah. And we see that God is bringing about a revival uh, through the nation of Israel. We've been studying how God raised up a king by the name of Jehu who was the instrument of correction for Israel. Last week we saw in, in chapter 10, it was a very brutal chapter. But how many of you know sin is very brutal, right? And some, some, some major stands have to be made in order to correct those things. And it's all a picture of Jesus Christ. We're going to see in our text today a beautiful picture of, of the future work of Jesus Christ on the cross as God is taking care of the sin problem. What we're going to do now in chapter 11 is we're moving our focus from Israel to Judah, right? Remember, the nation is divided at this point. Now, it's kind of a hard time if you're just joining our study because it helps kind of know some of the backstory. We can't go through all of that today, but if you want to, if you're interested, you can look at our YouTube channel and catch up or on our podcast. We have different ways for you to kind of bring up to where we are, but we're, we're going to start in chapter 11 where now we are looking at the, the Judah side of it and God is dealing with Israel. Now he's going to deal with Judah. And all this stuff is taking place. Notice if you would please. Let's read the first three verses. We'll talk about it. And then go into the rest of it. It says in verse 1. And when Athaliah the mother of Ahaziah. Saw that her son was dead. Let me stop there. I thought I was going to read all three verses. But uh, let me just stop right there. Athaliah you might remember. We've met her before. She's actually the daughter of evil king Ahab. And wicked queen Jezebel. Right? The worst meanest, onerous, evil, wicked king and queen that was ever on the planet, right? And so this is their daughter, and we see that she is now married to, to the king of Judah where she shouldn't have been. We saw that the kings of Judah were, were where they weren't supposed to be, hanging out with people they weren't supposed to be hanging out with, and now they have this marriage, and now all this stuff is going on. She's a very, very bad influence upon the nation the godly nation of Judah. Now her son, who was the king, he was assassinated. He was killed. 
And the only reason why is because he was where he wasn't supposed to be, hanging out with the people he wasn't supposed to be hanging out with. Now, there's a lot of, uh, of strong instructions right there. It's very important who we hang out with and where we go. Wouldn't you say amen to that? And because of that, he lost his life. And now that's going to affect, of course, not only his family, but the nation and everything involved. So here this lady finds out that her son is, is deceased. And look at what she does. Tell me if this is not just horrible evil. So instead of arising and mourning over the death of her son, look what she does. She arose and she destroyed all the royal heirs. The royal heirs, friends. Let me just, that's her grandchildren. That's her grandchildren. Now, those of us who are lucky enough to be grandparents, how many of you know that you like your grandkids better than your kids? Right? I mean, you know, before you have grandkids, you, people say, oh, grandchildren are so awesome. And you think, yeah, okay, yeah, they're kids. You know, and then you have them, and it's like, this is so cool, right? right? And it's just, there's nothing better than grandchildren. And going to Disneyland, it's better without them. <laughs> right? You know, don't mess with them at Disneyland. But that's a whole other sermon. But this lady is assassinating, killing her grandchildren. Why? Because they're the royal heirs. We're going to see here that she wants to be in control. And friends, how many of you know there's always a battle in our lives of who's in control? Right? We always battle. The New Testament talks about our battle between the, the fleshly nature and the godly nature. How many of you know there's a struggle there, right? And here she's... This just blows me away, but that's how horrible and wicked sin is. She's, she, she's wiping out her grandchildren. And it says in verse 2, but Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, now King Joram is Athaliah's son who was just assassinated. This is his actually half-sister. So this isn't Athaliah's daughter, but she is uh, the sister of the king who, who's deceased, right? She's married to the priest. Uh, the sister of Ahaziah took Joash. This is one of the, the grandsons, King Joram's son, the son of Ahaziah, and she stole him away. She hid him away. She snuck him out uh, when all the king's sons were being murdered, and she hid him and his nurse in the bedroom. That's actually a storage room in the temple and Athaliah, from Athaliah so that he was not killed. Here here we have one brave couple who are standing up for God, standing up for the seed of David, taking this little kid at the risk of their own life and hiding him away. Now, friends, let's don't miss the picture here. We now have the seed of David, the royal line, is now down to one little baby. Right? Is this not a picture of what sin is trying to do? Now, we see through history, we see in our Bible that Satan has tried over and over and over again to do what he can to stop Jesus from being born. We saw from King Herod, we saw from Pharaoh, all this stuff. Satan is always trying to stop Jesus. Jesus was born. We're getting ready to celebrate his, his birth, right? And so, uh, so Satan quit, right? No, he's still trying to stop Jesus. It just He couldn't stop him from being born, but he's still trying to stop Jesus from being Lord and Savior. One of the tricks of Satan is to try to tell you there's more options of a Savior than just Jesus. Friends, let me be bold right now and tell you there are no other options for salvation except for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ of the Bible, right? The babe in Bethlehem who grew up to be the Savior on the cross. That's the only means of salvation. 
But Satan in the world is trying to, to, to hinder that and tell you, oh no, man, just do your best. Think happy thoughts. Right? I had someone call me who doesn't know me that well, I guess, but called the office uh, and asked for the pastor. And, 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 you know, I answered and said, yeah, this is the pastor. I need some good thoughts and happy vibes. You've called the wrong church. <laughs> but I can pray the prayer of faith. Right? You know, good thoughts and happy vibes is all neat and frilly. But friends, we need faith people who aren't afraid to stand up for the Word of God and say, in the name of Jesus, right? So anyway, Satan is still trying to, to stop this. And here, the line of David is down to one little baby, but one couple says, I'm going to do something about it. Friends, you may be the only person in your family at your your school, at your job, wherever you're at, you might be the only person, you might be the only couple standing for God. Stand for God. Stand for God. Because we're going to see this baby <laughs> grows up to be a godly king and brings about reform. Now let's keep reading here. They're hiding this little guy away. Verse 3, He was hidden with her, the nurse, in the house of the Lord for six years. If you want to keep someone away from evil hide him in church <laughs> she wasn't going to church right so she's hiding in church for six years and then when the time was right the bible says when god's time was right he sent his son jesus how many of you are so thankful that god's got a schedule god's got a plan i tell him brother earlier uh, the only problem is god's clock runs slower than mine you ever get you ever get aggravated at that you know but we can trust God's timing. In six years, when the time was right, notice, and Athaliah, Athaliah, the evil queen here, she reigned over the land. That was her only desire, is that she was in control. But the time was right for the sun to be exposed. And check this out in verse 4. So in the seventh year, Jehadiah, this is the priest, she sent and she brought, he sent and brought the captains of hundreds. You know what? I need to, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I have a, a scripture for you to find. If you put that on board, 2 Chronicles chapter 24. If we get to chapter 12, we're going to be looking at this. To, to keep from confusion, in our study today, I am going to put up on the screen a couple of scriptures out of 2 Chronicles 24, but we will read a big bunch of it at the end. So go ahead and find that and mark that. And while you're finding that and marking that, in that section that's the parallel passage to the story we're studying we have these captains named and there are five of them we're not going to read them today just if you don't mind writing in your bibles you can write next to this chapter second chronicles 24 and read it later but we have these five guys these five captains their names are all recorded for us in second chronicles 24 let's keep reading in our text here Notice in verse 4, Seventh year Jedediah sent and brought the captains of hundreds of the bodyguards and of the escorts, and they brought them into the house of the Lord. They're in the temple. They're in church. And check it out. The first thing they do is, and he made a covenant with them and took an oath from them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. Friends, we see something very important here for us, and that is that there must first be a commitment to the Lord before revelation of the son. You ever notice how the world who isn't committed to God just doesn't understand the things of God? Maybe yourself. 
Maybe think back before you came into a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and all this is kind of confusing for you today. You guys are drinking juice, eating crackers. What's going on here, you know? Well, once there's a commitment to the Lord, then you get the revelation of the Son. Remember when you're born again, and all of a sudden, heaven makes sense. Salvation, that makes sense, right? And so first, he gets them in the church, and they make a commitment to God. And then they bring out the king. Amen? Now, um, I guess this is the teacher part of it, is this, is if you're feeling frustrated in your spiritual walk, how's your commitment to the Lord? Maybe you're not getting, you know, a full revelation of Jesus. You're, you're feeling lacking. You're feeling, you know, not quite full. How, how is your commitment to God? Maybe you need to be like these captains of the guards. This means they were in the temple all the time, but they had no idea what was going on. Well, I'll let the Holy Spirit do any convicting if that needs to be done. Let's keep studying here. Till they make the commitment, they meet the Son. Verse 5, And He commanded them, saying, This is what you shall do. If you're taking notes, here's the next thing. Verses 4-8, through eight, uh, We all need to work together in order to bring the King into the world. Check it out. He commanded them saying, one third of you uh, who come on duty on the Sabbath shall keep watch over the king's house. One third shall be at the gate of Shur. One third at the gate behind the escorts. You shall keep watch of the house lest it be broken down. Verse 7, and two contingents of you who go off duty, you're actually not going to go off duty. You're going to stay on the Sabbath. You should keep watch of the house of the Lord your king. So again, they're all going to be be there and and our point is we all need to work together to bring the king into the world in that our job to bring jesus to the world you know uh, a, a very a very unproductive christian is a christian who who is trying to fly so, solo we need each other right god has gifted us in different areas with different talents and 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 opportunities and things like that we all need each other because our job is to bring the king into the world amen so he's got them all set up, verse 8. But you shall surround the king on all sides, every man with his weapon in his hand. Um, I think it would be wise for us to say something here that we need to be careful that we protect the word of God. We protect Jesus. This world is trying to water down the Lord. This world is trying to water down the gospel, trying to water down our Savior Jesus. We need to, we need to stand guard, right? Amen. And so, everyone keep his weapon in his hand. And whoever comes within range, let him be put to death. You are to be with the king as he goes out and as he comes in. Look at verse 9. So the captains of hundreds did according to all that Jehadiah the priest commanded. Each of them took his man who were on duty on the Sabbath with those who were coming off duty on the Sabbath. And they came to the priest. Verse 10 says this. Let me get to my right spot here. Verse 10 says, uh, this is a good verse. And the priest gave the captains of hundreds the spears and the shields of which belonged to King David, notice this, that were in the temple of the Lord. Where do we find our weaponry? Well, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The shield is faith. And when, where do we find those? Well, we find them in our Bible, but, but I want to paint a picture of church here. <laughs> as, we, as we come together, we get 
revived, we get strengthened, right? We get prepared for, for spiritual battles. We get prepared for what this life throws at us. Also, we, we can see that our past victories help us in our future battles, right? All these were the king's trophies, and now they're using those for a future battle. And so we can call upon those things. Verse 11, then the escort stood, every man with his weapon in his hand, all around the king from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple by the altar and the house. So they're all ready. Everything's in place. They're going to bring the king out. Verse 12. So they bring the king's son out. They put the crown on him. The seven-year-old boy putting his man's crown on him. Don't That would be kind of cute, right? They gave him the testimony. This is what's been lacking in all the kings up to this point. You see, God told him way back in the book of Deuteronomy, when you, when you come to a point that you start appointing kings, God gave some rules. And one of the most important rule is he is to write down every day the law. He's to read it every day. And how important is that for you and I? First chapter of Joshua tells us if we want success, if we want victory, we're to meditate in the word of God daily, right? The, the testimony, the word of God had been missing from the king. They give it back. And they made him king and they anointed him. They clapped their hands in celebration and they're chanting, long live the king. Here's this little boy who's now the descendant of David is now where he's supposed to be. Well, Athaliah didn't like this at all. Look at verse 13. When she heard all this noise of the escorts of the people, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord. And when she looked, there was the king standing by the pillar. Hey, a little side note. Hey, a little, little fun here. Remember there were two pillars in the temple. You guys remember what their names were? If you're ever on Bible Jeopardy? You guys are going to lose. Jacob and Boaz was the name of the pillars. Here he was by one of the pillars. And the leaders and the trumpeters were all by the king and all this stuff was going. People were clapping their hands. They were rejoicing, blowing trumpets. And Athaliah tore her clothes. And <laughs> this is funny. She cries out treason, treason, which is kind of funny because she's the one who committed treason. She's the one who was usurping the throne and doing that, right? Verse 15, But Jedediah the priest commanded the captains of hundreds and the officers of the army and said to them, take her outside under guard, don't let her get away, and slay her with the sword and whoever follows her. For the priest had said, do not let her be killed in the house of the Lord. So they seized her and they went by the way of the horse's entrance into the king's house and there they assassinated her. There she was killed. Verse 17, then Jediah made a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people. Now here they are as a nation getting right with God again. And look at the covenant that they made that included God, the people, and the priest. Here's what it is. That they should be the king's people. Well, that's not what it says. That they should be members of a church. Nope. What does it say? That they would be the Lord's people. Friends, we need to make sure we're the Lord's people. One of the ways the enemy weakens the body of Christ is we get these divisions, we get this craziness going on, and we start bickering. And friends, now in our, in our world's history, now in the timing of God, we need unity. We need to be the Lord's people, focused on the Lord's job, obeying the Lord's word, doing 
what the Lord has asked us. That they would be the Lord's people and also between the king and his people. So here the nation is making this move before God at the temple of God to be God's people and to follow the king. Verse 18. Now, it's one thing to make a commitment to God. But you've got to take steps to let the Lord be Lord. Look what they did in verse 18. Very important. So all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal. What? We see in these, these six years that Athaliah was in charge. You know, it doesn't take long for a politician to ruin a nation, does it? Oh, Clay, don't get started. I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help it. Now she's built a... We're, we're going to find out in the next chapter that the temple of God is in ruins, but they have a beautiful temple of Baal. Why is it easier to spend money? On, well, no, no, no. Clay, you're, you're getting people mad at you. They go to the temple of Baal and they tore it down. And they thoroughly, underline that word thoroughly, they thoroughly broke in pieces the altar and the images. Why do I say mark that word thoroughly down? Because why is it as a people, uh, probably not you guys, but sometimes I struggle with this, you want to leave a little memento of the past? Just in case. Y'all look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Right? Now, this does not apply to me, but I'm up front. I swear, this doesn't apply to me. If you struggle with a substance abuse, don't collect decanters. If you struggle with, with activities you shouldn't, Maybe you shouldn't go to certain places to eat dinner. If you struggle with things that are very unhealthy and unproductive for you, I'm glad you're sitting down because you guys w would fall over. You might need to unplug your computer. Oh, Clay, now you're meddling. Hey, just trying to... Just, just, you know. Right? We need to thoroughly destroy those altars. Thoroughly destroy those images. Thoroughly tear down those pagan temples. Does this, does this make sense to anybody other than me? Okay. Anyone feeling convicted? Don't raise your hands. They also killed the priest. Matin is, was his name. Before his own altar. <laughs> and look what they did. We see, see something here. They appointed officers over the house of the Lord. The priesthood was down to this one couple who, who saved the king. They, 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 they restored the priesthood. Verse 19, And he took captains of hundreds, the bodyguards, the escorts, and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord. They went by the way of the gate of the escorts to the king's house. And then he sat on the throne of the king, so all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, for they had slain Athaliah with the sword in the king's house. Did you hear how powerful verse 20 is? The people rejoiced because now they have peace. They have peace because they did away with Athaliah and the temple of Baal and they put the proper king on the throne. And now they have peace. Friends, we struggle in emotion. We struggle in our lives because we let the wrong king sit on the throne of our, our lives. Right? And you'll never find peace. You'll never find contentment 
until we make the Lord Jesus Christ our true Lord, our true Master, our true King. Amen? Now, again, don't raise your hands because I'll think you're crazy. But how many of you went Black Friday shopping? (laughs) One brave soul. (laughs) Hey, let me be brutally honest, and this isn't, this isn't a shame on you or anything like that, but this is the mindset of the world. If you're not content with what you have and where you're at and what you possess on Tuesday, the money you spend, how early you get up on Friday ain't going to make any difference. Because what you need is the Lord Jesus Christ. His peace. Not what you can buy at Walmart. Amen? Make sense? Let's keep going. Verse 21. Joash was seven years old when he became king. Once again, we know that he was hidden for six years, so uh, he was only a year old when they they took him away and did all that stuff. Um, We're not going to get into chapter 12 because it it would take too long. Uh, But let me kind of do a wrap up here and then we'll prepare for chapter 12 next week because next week we see actually the repairing of the temple and it's actually a great, great, great study. But what we saw in chapter 11 here, this, the life of this little boy, we saw that uh, this was a perfect illustration of you and I. And what I mean by that is Athaliah, this evil queen, uh, she's a picture of Satan. She took control uh, by wickedness and, and uh, deceit just the way Satan did back in the garden. We see Joash was the living descendant of David. He was the promised heir to God's throne and to the covenant kingdom of, of God's people. We saw that Athaliah did all that she could to stop that from happening. But how many of you know God is always going to win? So when the time was right, this little boy was brought forth. And just like Jesus, when the time was right, God brought His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be born in Bethlehem. To grow up to be sinless. To die on Calvary's cross. To be buried in a borrowed tomb. To rise again on the third day. And then ascend into heaven. To restore not only the earthly kingdom, but our spiritual and our life kingdom. Amen? What a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a bad place to stop, but we've got to stop for the sake of time today. Your your assignment for next week is read chapter 12. We're going to talk about restoring the temple, and we're going to make a lot of great applications because uh, the New Testament tells us that we are the temple of God. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we'll learn a lot of cool stuff today. (sighs) Let's stop for today. Do you guys learn anything? Yeah, don't ever confess to pastor when you go shopping, right? You can go on, yeah, you can go on, Jeffrey. Let's stand, please. Worship team, join me up here. I had made a mistake during the announcements this morning. I had for, forgotten. I was reminded after uh, the announcements. We had decided last week that we were not having Bible study tonight because a lot of people, as you can see, are gone. They're out of town because of the long weekend. So there is no, uh, there is no study tonight. So you have the day off. And uh, please remember that. But we have prayer on Tuesdays. We have Wednesday night. Uh, Bible study here in the sanctuary. The youth have their things going on. A lot of opportunities for you to study the Word of God and be involved in, 
And so we pray that you do. If you're visiting with us, this might be a little bit weird service than what you're used to, but we're just studying our way through the Word of God. My personal conviction is that's the way God gave it to us. That's the way we should study it. And that's what we do. And what we do now after our, our time of study is we have a, a brief time of, of altar prayer. I'm going to pray right now, and as soon as I say amen, we're going to have the worship team sing us a song, and, and we're going to open up the altars for prayer. Andrew's going to join me up here, and we're going to invite you that if you have a prayer need or request, we want to pray for you and with you. Friends, kind of a, a weird chapter we looked at today, but in spite of me, maybe the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart, and you realize that that you need this Jesus I've been talking about. And today you want to surrender the kingship of your heart over to the true king, the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're desperately needing that peace that the nation was needing and they finally received after, after they placed the true king on the throne. Today God wants to give you that peace. Today God wants to heal you those hurts today God wants to and will break those chains that might be holding us down today God wants to and will do some great awesome work and we're going to give you the opportunity to respond to him in faith in just a moment so right now I'm going to ask that you bow your hearts and your heads I'm going to pray and as soon as I say amen we're going to open the altars up for prayer Father in heaven we thank you for this time together Lord, thank you that we can study your word. Lord, it's overwhelming that you love us enough to put even even the tough chapters in the Bible. Lord, we saw today how important it is to have the right king. And you are the right king. Father, forgive us when we fall short. Lord, would you help us to thoroughly tear down and destroy the wrong altars in our life. Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear the truth. Father, I pray today for every hurting person. Lord, as we go into holidays, this is a, it's a time of celebration, but for a lot of people, this is a time of pain. Lord, would you wrap your loving arms around those who need that holy hug, hug today? Father, would you do the work that only you can do today in our lives? And Father, I would pray that in spite of me and my my efforts, would you speak to every heart? Lord, would you make a personal application of your word to every one of us? And Father, as always, we ask that you would continue to teach us from this chapter as we reflect upon this today, as we reflect upon this this week. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to challenge us to convict us, to change us, to encourage us, and to build our faith. And Lord, as always, we will be very quick and very careful to give you all of the praise and all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.